This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Just in time for Diabetes Awareness Month, a petition has been formed to make the government of Canada mandate that insulin pumps to be made accessible for people with vision loss. Ryan Huey has submitted the petition and is a member of the Accessible Insulin Pump Task Force. He joins us now. Good morning, Ryan. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate the time. No, no. Thank you for for coming on and chatting about this because this is such an important issue. But first off, can you tell us a bit about the Accessible Insulin Pump Task Force? It's what is what is the mission of that task force? Absolutely. It just depends how much time you have because I can talk diabetes and insulin pumps all day. Uh, but no, this is this is really cool. So the task force uh, kind of became a thing uh, within CNIB and some of the advocacy team and the public outreach team and the public policy team. About three years ago, we'll say, we started looking at getting these calls and getting these inquiries from other participants and other people that are part of the visually impaired community. And they were saying they couldn't use their pumps or they had been using their pumps for years without vision and they couldn't really use them. And then I sort of brought my story to the table and said, look, I can't even tell you how much battery is in my pump right now. And it kind of opened the eyes of people and said, let's get these manufacturers on board. Let's see if we can get some meetings. Let's see if we can kind of get to the bottom of this. Because realistically, 750,000 Canadians are living with some form of diabetic retinopathy, uh, so some form of vision loss. And for them not to have an accessible pump to even use and take care and treat their diabetes is is kind of concerning. So we started off with uh, lobbying to some of the pump companies and realized maybe we should switch up our approach a bit and let's, I don't want to say go after the government, but let's get our idea kind of pushed forth within the government. And so why did you want to uh, make this petition now? Like, was was the timing right? Have you just uh, spent so much time trying to get those companies on board that you decided, okay, no, let's enough time waiting. Let's actually put this forth. Let's get this petition before the government of Canada. I think it's sort of just happenstance, but it's also a lot of things kind of came into place. Uh, November being Diabetes Awareness Month. Uh, we had met some really great people uh, within the government, some MPs, uh, and they were kind of on board once they heard and said, hey, why don't you do this? And we sort of looked at it and said, why have we thought about that before? So we kind of got the public policy team on board at CNIB, um, and I kind of started doing some stuff with them, and we put this petition forward, and as of November 2nd, uh, we had uh, an MP back us, uh, Benita Zerillo, and she is uh, kind of the head of this petition, and uh, she's been wonderful. I actually met her last night as I'm in Ottawa, and I was at an event for Diabetes Canada, and it was really great. Uh, it was really awesome, and you know what? I, it's safe to say that we've already met our goal. So we had to have 500 signatures by March 2nd of 2023, and as of 4 p.m., I checked last night, and we had 1,323 signatures, and I don't want to stop. I want to just keep getting as many as possible uh, for people to sign this and be Canadian resident and sign it because uh, your support means everything from the bottom of our hearts in the diabetic community. And so 
you you mentioned you have this petition, you have over a thousand signatures, which is phenomenal. What what are the next stages now? Like what what is going to happen with the petition going forward? So we have a couple of MPs on our side. Uh, we've we've met with them and we've kind of showed them the problem. We've showed them how I have to use my pump and how it's realistically a fancy insulin syringe rather than a pump. There's uh, a lot of news articles coming out for the month of November and uh, Diabetes Month. So once this petition closes, now uh, there will be some sort of discussion within the House of Commons on essentially our goal is to have insulin pumps be accessible to the, the visually impaired community, but we really want to kind of take this off and, and make it even bigger because there's lots of medical devices out there that aren't accessible. Uh, like even for instance, I have to specially order a scale to weigh myself, right? I can't just look down and say, oh, Ryan, you weigh 100 pounds, or you have to get this talking one, which is, you know, the kind of the three pillars of accessibility are, is it affordable, is it available, and is it accessible, right? And right now, there's a lot of medical devices that don't fit one, even all three of those criteria in Canada, and we're going to lobby to get them to be accessible for all of uh, the disabilities. Yeah, there's such a huge issue, as you mentioned, within the medical device uh, uh, community that it's, you know, they may serve a very practical purpose, but when it comes to accessibility, they often fall short. Can you talk a bit about what you would hope that an accessible uh, insulin pump would kind of look like? What, How would it function? What, what are the features that you feel it needs to have to make it accessible for people? There's so many things that I envisioned, but I think realistically with the way technology and everything is going, I think a smartphone app would be the best approach because you got, um, you know, talk back on your Android phones, you have voiceover on your Apple phones, they're doing the heavy lifting, it's just make your app accessible with that and then it can tell me all the information there. I know there's a lot of security features there that uh, a lot of security concerns with pump companies, but I mean, with facial recognition, a fingerprint software, passcodes, there's there's ways around it. I think that would be the low-hanging fruit, but ultimately, I would love to see a pump almost look, and I don't work for Apple, but almost like the iPhone, where the accessibility features are there, they're just, you have to turn them on in the background. A sighted individual wouldn't even know they're there unless uh, they actually want to go rooting around, and I think that some sort of speech component, some sort of audio component, and even... Um, some sort of inverted colors or uh, something like that for the uh, low vision community would be great. Uh, and then there's also in the newer pumps of vibration for those that um, like the vibration mode as well. So there's a lot of different things happening. I think it's just getting that plan of attack and kind of putting them forward into this accessible pump, right? Because let's say the, the goal right now um, is to have one accessible pump on the market because there's not one worldwide. But I think the dream, and that's what we're focusing on, is to have all pumps universally designed. And, you know, then I have the choice. Do I want pump A, pump B, pump C, or uh, and kind of get to choose, right, instead of just being forced to, here's your one accessible pump. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, being a member of the disability community, that's often been the uh, the situation where it's like, oh, well, there's this one accessible option for you that it's like you kind of have to take it or leave it. There's not a lot of other choice in, in the matter. Um, can you kind of, you've touched on it a bit earlier, but can you kind of describe a bit of the current situation for insulin pump users in Canada who have vision loss? Like what's the current situation like and the struggles that uh, uh, someone would face with vision loss? 
There are a lot of struggles. Um, I'm going to stick to kind of my my story because everybody kind of faces uh, a little bit of a different uh, barrier. And it depends on where you live, for starters. Uh, affordability, right, as we spoke about a little bit earlier. Certain provinces have ADP or certain coverages that do cover the pump. Other people have to pay out of pocket. And pumps can range in the tens of thousands of dollars. So if you're paying out of pocket, there's a huge concern right there. Uh, I think there should be some sort of landscape across the nation for, for something like this. There's also, with me, I can't even tell you how much battery is in there. I need to continually FaceTime somebody to say, hey, my pump is beeping because all the warning beeps are the same. Even having just a different warning beep to say, oh, that's the battery, I need to change it. Oh, that's the insulin portion, I need to refill it. Or maybe there's something else going on there. Having that different audio would be great and just so simple to do, right? That's old school. Like, look at the old school cell phones from the early 2000s. They had, what, 50, 60 ringers on it, and they were able to do it. So I'm just curious as to why the pump can't, right? I understand you're not going to go back and retrofit my pump so I can have every inch of it available to me. But I'm thinking moving forward that pumps should be made accessible in that fashion um, and they should be able to even, you know, dictate stuff out to me through a speech output, have a repeat button, um, even like the inverted colors would be great for those with uh, low vision because I know sometimes it's hard. The screens are small. Uh, everybody wants a small pump. You don't want a, a backpack size pump, right? Uh, so you, you have to have a smaller screen. That's usually what takes the, uh, the, the minimalization when you're making something smaller. But for me, I think it's just having some sort of audio, some sort of app. I think that's the easiest place because let's face it, you know, nobody leaves home without their cell phone. You're more likely to leave home with their, without your house keys than your cell phone, right? Or without your wallet. Technically, you don't even need your wallet. You can use Apple Pay or you can use uh, all kinds of different things uh, to, to kind of even pay for groceries and stuff when you're going out shopping. So the cell phone is key. I think that's where we're going to have to really push and get Health Canada on board to kind of lobby for some of those things. And uh, before I let you go, Ryan, uh, where can people go to sign the petition and find out more information? Unfortunately, the link is about 60 miles long. Okay. So if people want to reach out to me, uh, they can reach me at ryan.hui at cnib.ca, R-Y-A-N dot H-O-O-E-Y. And I can forward you the link and we'd love to have you sign. And you don't have to have diabetes. You just have to be a Canadian resident or maybe you have a friend, family member uh, that has been affected by diabetes. But really appreciate the time, guys. Keep up the great work and uh, have a great weekend. And Ryan, we'll be sure to have that information on our blog after the show, ami.ca slash now. Uh, Thank you so much, Ryan, for chatting with us today. That was Ryan Huey, who is a member of the Accessible Insulin Pump Task Force and works with the CNIB. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.